What's up, everybody? Welcome to Keep It in 9450, codenamed WBB. I'm your host, Daniel Artest, and I got my brother K-Dot in the building. We recording this late night, early mornings. We are in the grind. K-Dot, what's going on with you, man? Hey, yo, what up? What it is? What's popping? You know how we do it. It's always a grind. The way we put in work as far as our craft and everything we don't take that for granted and we don't take it lightly but to be the unbiased most objective show in the land you gotta do the unthinkable and that's when everybody's sleeping we're working I'm ready to get started man I'm ready to talk about the clinching teams who were announced today who will be making the playoffs and the race for uh, six seven and eight so that's gonna be an exciting one to talk about yeah, definitely. And excuse our voices as we all have families. So we will probably be in a in the midnight hour voice because <laughs> we are recording after midnight right now. You're going to have to deal with the baritones right now. We ain't Barry White or nothing like that, but you know how it is, K-Dot. That's big facts, especially <laughs> when you have kids in the house. You don't want to wake the kids. Yes, definitely. And actually, we are live on Twitter Spaces. And I got to point out that we actually have in the Twitter space is Ann Myers Drysdale in here. And wow, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? We on Zoom. We got the thing, we got the thing fed out through through Twitter spaces. And this is actually pretty cool. We got a legend in here listening a to us. Legend. Talk WNBA basketball and stuff. And I know this is like totally random. We don't normally do this. We get right into the show, but I really hope she could come up. I'm gonna invite her up while we talk the show. Now it'd be nice to hear her. Give us an opinion. We're talking WNBA playoff drama real quick. We got to Let's do it real quick. Let's get into it. So basically, five teams has already clinched their spots. Now here's the real race, K-Dot. We got six teams are positioning themselves for only three playoff spots. And this is where the fun starts. Anything can happen. So this weekend is really important for a lot of teams trying to angle their way into the postseason. So let's go on. Let's go over some important battles that's going to go down this weekend. Actually, no. Let's talk about who clinched first. So Chicago Sky obviously clinched. So has the Las Vegas Aces, the Connecticut Sun, and the Seattle Storm, and the Washington Mystics all clinched. So now we're waiting on the Dallas Wings, the Phoenix Mercury, LA Sparks, Atlanta Dream, Minnesota Lynx, and the New York Liberty. And unfortunately, the rookies, man, the Indiana Fever, 5-26, and 26, they have been eliminated. K-Dot. So what's your initial thoughts about the spaces spots six through 11, because it was really close. It's really close. So what's your thoughts on that, brother? So as far as six through 11, of course, it's going to be a barn burner of a race. When you have two teams, right? Dallas Wings and Phoenix Mercury right now sitting at six and seven. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Dallas Wings as of right now own the tiebreaker between the Mercury and themselves at sitting at 13 and six, respectively towards each other. That win Last night against the Atlanta Dream was a very big win for the Dallas Wings so that they can keep that spot at six for now, of course. But it's totally a barn burner right now. We have the Dallas Wings, the Phoenix Mercury, and the Los Angeles Sparks right now. If the playoffs were to start today, they would be in the playoffs. But then when you have the Atlanta Dream, Minnesota Lynx, and New York Liberty kind of venture behind, it's going to be definitely a very interesting race to to talk about with about nine games left throughout the regular season but to me six seven and eight is very important because you have 
Los Angeles, who recently lost to Phoenix, and they lost pretty bad to Phoenix. My thing is with with all of these teams that we're talking about, to me, what stands out the most is the focus of the Phoenix Mercury and the Minnesota Lynx, importantly. Out of all of the teams, I think that those two teams are probably the most hungry to at least make the playoffs. Dallas, with their great wins last night, I still see a little bit of inconsistency. We saw a great Dallas win, but we don't know if we're going to get that same Dallas team the next game. You saw it against the Washington Mystics earlier in the week. You're thinking, okay, the Dallas Wings are at home. They're fighting for playoff positioning. They really need this win against the Washington Mystics, which in respect to the Washington Mystics, they are also fighting for playoff positioning too because they want to make sure they want to stay within that top that top three, if you will. They would, of course, they would settle for four so they can have some home court advantage, but they're still fighting for top seed playoff positioning not number one and number two but number three if they can shake it so the phoenix mercury and again the minnesota lynx are one of the two teams that i'm looking at that's really gonna set the table if you will on what we're going to think about in regards to playoff positioning because i think those are the two teams that are like the most focused right now yeah yo i want to ask you a question though you think chicago can hold on to the top spot or will Vegas or Connecticut catch them? I think as of right now, I'm sticking with Chicago at number one. I think with their versatility, I know that they took the loss to the Las Vegas Aces in the Commissioner's Cup, but I also believe that it's a case where Chicago's versatility and the way they play the game without needing certain players, it's helping them so far. And of course, that race for the number one spot is very important. You're trying to put yourself into a position where you're playing, you're playing some of the teams that are first off the easiest of travel, if you will. And then second, from a matchup standpoint, who you think would be the best matchup for you, especially in the first round. So I think that Chicago does have a real high chance. I think the metrics as of right now for the top three uh, to stay number one and or be number one is the Chicago Sky 50%, the Las Vegas Aces 40%, and then it drops (laughs) dramatically. It drops dramatically. The Connecticut Sun, they say it has a 9% chance of getting the number one overall Mm. seed for playoff positioning. From that perspective, I think that Vegas definitely has a chance. I think they're a game, maybe a half game behind still in the record standings right now. One, One thing that impressed me about the Aces is we question defense and coming out the gate, they're playing on better defense. They're more involved. They're more focused defensively now let's see if that trend can continue to come about but I at this point I think that it's going to be a lot at the from a top two standpoint I think Chicago won aces two I really don't see anything changing even if both teams just went out of course that will be one and two respectively it's still going to be interesting because again the Washington Mystics they still have a chance 
to get that number three seed. And of course, with the loss to Seattle today, which a game that they were actually in. Yep. And I said today, but the, yesterday, if you will, a game that they were actually in until the fourth quarter. I think that, again, is going to be a barn burner as far as playoff positioning because travel is very important. Yeah. Now, we got to talk about the playoff seed race to watch, though. And you just mentioned the Mystics. And I'm really interested in that four or five seed race because this is, that will be the best series of the first round, to be honest. And even with Seattle winning Saturday night, Friday night, Sunday is a big game for both teams because a win is going to give either the Mystics or the Seattle Storm home court advantage in that first round. I think that nobody's not going to make a move. I don't see Washington catching Connecticut. I don't even want them to catch Connecticut, to be honest. I want to see Washington and Seattle 4-5 matchup, regardless of who has home court advantage. I want to see that. So what's your thoughts on that, on that between them? What's your thoughts on Seattle and the Mystics in that 4-5 seed race? We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Chris Stemp. I'm Donnie Stemp. Two brothers on this strange rock hurtling through space. I don't know, man. This rock is in trouble. The Week on Earth is a new podcast on climate change and the state of the planet. We're talking cars, carbon, trees, toilet paper, apocalypse, utopia, and most importantly, human behavior. We need to put the emotion into this story. How do we move from an extractive society to a regenerative society? Pretty twisted. And it gets worse. (laughs) It's changed my entire outlook. From the Peabody Award-winning producer of Netflix's Fantastic Fungi, The Week on Earth, new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That, That is very interesting because if I'm not mistaken, I think the, I think the season is split between the two so now it's just yeah. going to go off of just straight up record yep. at this point moving forward but they play sunday so on sunday if they win if wh- whichever team wins is going to have sole possession of four okay okay that's what it is. so if that's the case and the mystics just lost then i know the focus is going to be winner else the interesting thing is for sure home court advantage mm-hmm. no one wants to travel the first game from a playoff standpoint doesn't matter what level you're playing but more importantly on the pro level nobody wants to begin wants to begin the playoffs traveling especially in the situation that we have here in the WNBA as well so my biggest thing is for the Mystics and for Seattle is of course for Seattle hold strong to that fourth seed because again, both teams, they do have an opportunity to even jump the four and five seed and can potentially become the three seed. My thing is with the Mystics, they have the easier schedule out of all teams that are top five, if I'm not mistaken. So if they have the easiest schedule, then more than likely it's a, pretty good chance that they don't see that fifth seed and they're able to sneak into that top four so they so that they can have home court advantage one important thing for me the mystics to have home court advantage is of course elena deladon right yep. Yep. we don't we want to make sure that elena deladon has that home court starting off in the playoffs 
because we know how it is from an injury standpoint and from a health standpoint. Yep. So we want to make sure that if you're the mystics and if you're Mike Tebow, you put yourself in any in every position to make sure you're in that top four, more importantly to them, that top three. Because if you're in the top three, now you're fighting for positioning for whoever's fighting that six to 11 spot. And the competition, if you will, maybe minus to me, maybe minus Phoenix, because that's a that's going to be a troubling now, as of right now, the way they're playing, that's a troubling matchup to me. No. Any almost it's almost like a anybody but Phoenix type standpoint, if you will, if they do end up capturing that that third seed. But of course, with Connecticut right there, knowing the circumstances for them too. It's going to be real, it's going to be real difficult and it's going to be exciting to see what the Mystics are able to do moving forward. Yeah. I'm really interested in the Mystics, man. I really want to see them and see how they operate in the next game versus Seattle. They lost a tough one. See how they respond coming up on, on Sunday. Let's move on. Let's talk about the dark horse, man. Who's your dark horse to get in? I'm going to say this. I go first. I think that, to be honest, and it's so bad that they started off so horrible at three and 13. I'm talking about the Minnesota Lynx. I don't think any team wants to play them right now in a first round. And that's even including the Chicago sky. And if they get, I don't know how they'll get the seven. I don't see that, but if they get the seven, the Las Vegas aces or whatever, I just think that they're a scary team. They're clicking at the right time. Sylvia fouls injury free playing at an elite level. You're going to get Kefisha back. Congratulations to her with the baby. Every time I say her name, I got to say congratulations to her and the baby. We love kids. We're about the kids here. I got four of them. <laughs> but Absolutely. But, but um, To and, myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's crazy? What I was about to say? What I was about to say? Yeah, yeah like I said, like, we got Ariel Powers, who's having a solid season as well, who we gave our flowers to last week as well on the podcast when we had a separate episode of her that nobody's really talking about her, but she's really doing her thing. So I just think that Minnesota is a dark horse with the uncertainty with Dallas always being inconsistent, the Los Angeles, the LA Sparks in flux right now with the situation going on with Liz Cambage leaving and things of that sort. And even Atlanta, who's going to, we're going to talk about in a minute doing what they're doing in their slide. Minnesota could really just can just get in. You know what I'm saying? So I really think that Minnesota is the dark horse to really get in their playoffs at that last spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were just talking about Minnesota and everything that had happened in the beginning of the season. And then the jaw dropper and Sylvia Fowles being out indefinitely, but then and ended up coming back. So I think the push for Minnesota is for sure, listen, it's winter else moving forward. And they are one of the most, most scary for me, if you will, as far as matchup concerns and everything. And then with Nafisa Collier, just being back in the facility, putting in the necessary work to get back. Not to say that there, there will be an announcement tomorrow saying that she will be playing the next game or anything, but for her to get into game shape and just prepare herself just in case, that's something real scary to think about. I think that with Minnesota and Ariel Powers and Mariah Jefferson, who has come in 
and done a tremendous job after being waived by the Dallas Wings. It's really going to be interesting to see what Minnesota is going to be able to do because if Minnesota is able to make the playoffs within that six to eight spot, like it's going to be real, real interesting to 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 see. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. I don't. Really, I, I hate when we got to mention the Dallas Wings because they the team inconsistency, man. Like. I'm going to do it again, Kata. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We're going to do it again about the Dallas Wings, man. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why, Kata. This team, and I'm sorry for everybody that's listening. You might be a Dallas Wings fan. You might not be. But I'm sure some of y'all is going to agree with me on this. I don't think that it's the players. I think that it's the culture. And I think that the culture, the voice, has not is not reaching the players' ears anymore. And I just think that the coach, Vicky Johnson, love is love. I think that she got to go because this team has post play. They have interior defending. They have perimeter defending. They got shooters and they got scorers. They got a nice solid bench. But why is this, is this team always messing up? Like you need, they need a coach. And you know what? You got to put some blame on Arika Gumbawale too. This is what they need. This is what Dallas needs, to be honest. And we move on. Dallas needs a coach that holds their players accountable. And also Arike, she got to be coached very hard and she got to accept being coached very hard. She got to be like how, if we talk in NBA, how Greg Popovich is was to Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. You need a coach to really get in on when she's messing up, when she's taking wild shots. We've seen what she was doing in her previous game, taking wild shots and got to accept it. And that's the only way Dallas can move forward. Dallas has a lot of talent as the top five team. They really do. And then also another thing, too, with Tierra McCowan. I love her, bro. I think that when, like, her previous game, when Tierra McCowan, Tierra McCowan decides that, hey, I want it, nobody can stop her. Nobody can stop her. I say she's a top three center in the WNBA when she decides she wants it. But it's where's that motor at every game? I don't know. If y'all don't agree with me, people that's listening, it is what it is. I'm just going by what I see on the court. And I just feel like sometimes Tara McCowan just, she just doesn't want it at times or whatever. I, and also maybe because the way Vicky Johnson's running the offense, she ain't getting the ball either. You know what I'm saying? So who will want to play in a situation like that? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I just, Dallas is... I don't know what's going on with Dallas, but they have it all, bro. So I just had to really just call them out and everything. But let's move on real quick uh, to our final subject in the playoff drama. Who's most likely to fall out and miss the playoffs? And I'll say the Atlanta Dream. I think that Atlanta Dream is failing at the wrong time, K-Dot. There's a less than a month left in the season, and y'all want to have a four-game losing streak right now. And even though they still have a shot to get in, but they're just going to have to lock in, play defense, stay in their offense, and, and they're going to have to have some luck on their side. But when you look at Atlanta Dream's tiebreakers, they either are tied in every single tiebreaker or they won the tiebreakers, which they actually can give them the help that they need for a playoff spot, which is why I said there's going to be some luck on their side. But they have to do their own work and to right this ship. You don't want to be going on a four-game losing streak. And then I think they're like since since – in July, they're like two and six or whatever. You don't want to, you don't want to be in a situation like that with Atlanta. So I think that's my opinion on who's likely to fall out and miss the playoffs. But what about you? 
So I'm looking at Atlanta's schedule right now with the loss tonight. They have to go in. They have the Indiana Fever at home. The Sparks come to town Friday, August 5th, and then they're on the road for the last three of four where they're in Minnesota, in Vegas, then they are back home and they do a home and home, back home for the Liberty, and then they go to the Liberty. Now, with those remaining games that I've referred to, minus the Indiana Fever, you're playing teams that are either fighting for playoff positioning yeah. or already in the playoffs. And you is really only one that's quote unquote already in the playoffs. And that's the Las Vegas Aces. So mm-hmm. when you have that type of team with a first year head coach, you still have to go against the Sparks who are fighting for that playoff positioning. You yep. still have to go against a veteran Minnesota Lynx team with a veteran coach who was yep. fighting for playoff positioning. And then yep. you still have to go against the New York Liberty, who was still arguably fighting for playoff positioning, which my pick is probably going to be the New York Liberty as far as being out because of who they have to play at the remainder with the remainder of the season um, going on and what they have on their schedule. So I think that it's going to be one of those things that because they own certain tiebreakers, they still will have to come out and win the majority of these games. I can honestly see them. I can honestly see them with one, two, three, four, five, six games left. I can honestly see them losing four of the six. Uh I can honestly see them losing four of the six, unfortunately. And those four could easily be the Sparks, the Lynx, splitting with New York and the Aces. Mm. It just depends on what the Aces do on August 9th, if they're already respected as far as like their, what their position looks like. And they decide to rest their starters and give the bench look in in that particular game. That's one thing, right? But if they're, continuing to play and they're trying to maybe they're saying hey we want that number one spot hey i can see them coming in and taking care of business so i can honestly see them going two and four with the remaining games left and that's not good that's not good you got to be either 500 or above with the with the rest of the schedule remaining so that's going to be real tough i can see it i can see it interesting it always with the interesting comments and stuff and that's why i love this brother right here man (laughs) <laughs> no, but you know what I was about to say before we get out of here, but you know what, K let's do the third third quarterly play awards. You know what I'm saying? We 75% into the season. Let's do it. And my MVP is Asia Wilson. My defensive player of the year is Brianna Stewart. My rookie of the year is this is tough, man. It's it's Ryan Howard. We're gonna have to touch back on that in a minute. My most improved player is Kelsey Plum now, K Wow. Oh, wow. And my sixth woman of the year is the unstoppable Brianna Jones from the Connecticut Sun. The only reason why I got Kelsey Plum as most improved because she is most improved because she's actually, if we did our top three MVP players, she's on, a, she's on that list. You know what I'm saying? Jackie Young is not on that list. Jackie Young is on most improved player list. So what Kelsey's doing, it is not 
to be overlooked. Like she is the most improved player in the NBA and I'm about to say in the NBA in the WNBA right now. You know what I'm saying? Obviously with MVP Asia Wilson, you already know what she's doing. We see her on off numbers when she's off. This team is not good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When she's on that court, this team is rather elite. I think that Brianna Stewart has caught up with her a little bit. I still think Asia's leading. And as far as defensive player of the year, I think Brianna Stewart really did been doing her thing. I think that she passed Asia. She got to focus more offensively a little bit now or whatever, but she's still doing her thing defensively. We've seen what she did in the commissioner's cup game with the 17 rebounds, six blocks and two steals. You know what I mean? Also with Ryan Howard, this, this thing with Ryan Howard, KDOT. I think that it's, if the Indiana fever was to win 10 games, I would be like, yo, Nalissa Smith is rookie of the year, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what she's like, a, well, point and a half lower than Ryan Howard. Doubles her rebounds, has eight double doubles. Ryan Howard has zero. More efficient, you know what I'm saying? Offensively and defensively as well. You know what? And then also, you got to give your flowers to Rebecca Gardner and also Shakira Austin. You know what I mean? And I think that with Shakira Austin, what's hurting Shakira Austin is that she's not playing enough. When she does play the same minutes as Melissa Howard, she's actually putting up the same numbers. I don't know why Smith. she's not playing. Them. I'm sorry, Cam, I said it. I said it. It's, I'm thinking about. Um, I'm thinking uh, about uh, you fuse Ryan and Melissa. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, I fixed that edit, yo. You know what? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I did. It's but all like, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm talking too fast, y'all. My bad. Hey, listen, don't kill me. You know what? I'm not going to edit this out. We're going to leave it in there. Yeah, Real let's keep it flop. organic. Yeah, keep it 94.50. <laughs> keep it 94.50. Nah, but what, what I'm saying is, though, like, Nalissa Smith, she's just having an amazing season. She's top five and rebounded as a rookie, too, as well. But it's just, like, the record. I think that's what's going to hurt her, to be honest. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I definitely agree. That's my pitch. If you want to do a pitch, you don't have to. But we, I want to do a player spotlight, though, K-Dot. And for <sighs> Alyssa Thomas, real quick. Let's talk about it right quick. 13 points, eight rebounds, six assists per game this season. Over those last four games, she had all wins. She's playing at another level right now. She was averaging 17 points, nine and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists, three steals during the streak. She had a triple-double, the first in Connecticut Sun history. I think that she also had a game where she had six steals in a double. Yo, she's she's dope. She reminds me like she's having a, I don't know, Kate, if I'm saying this. Obviously, Tamika Catchin's done this over her whole entire career. But that's what that's what this comes remind me of, man. Somebody that could just defend, that can score, rebound, make plays, just doing everything. You know what I'm saying? And I really love her game. And I'm not, I don't, I don't care about the shoulder injury. I'm gonna tell you why I don't care about the shoulder injury. She's playing on the court and she's like producing. I do want her to get the, the surgery, to be honest. But like what she's doing. And mind y'all, everybody, this is my second year covering the W and stuff. I'm still naive still new to a lot of these players and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I think I didn't even see Alyssa Thomas play last year because she got injured in her second game, I think. Hey, that? So I didn't, even, I didn't even see her game. I didn't even know like she was like that, y'all. So I'm looking, I'm like, she's a beast and she just gets after it. Hey, that? This, she's like a pit bull or something like that. She's just, or a Rottweiler. She's just, she's a, an amazing player, man. Like really amazing player. I really love her game, man. And I was looking her up and I was just like, wow. Okay. So she been doing this, you know what I'm saying? She had a season when she, her rebounds is high or she averaging like 15, 16 points or whatever. I was like, okay, she got some game and stuff. So I got to really keep following her, man. But Alyssa Thomas, man, she is her. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Alyssa Thomas is definitely very Tamika Katchen-esque with minus the jump shot because of the situations with her shoulders. Again, that's not an excuse because she's out there playing and she's out there averaging 13 points. She's at 5.8 assists. 8.2 8.2 rebounds. Her defensive statistical impact brought to you by Cerebro Sports, by the way. Go ahead and check them out. She's at, She sits at a 75 right now. And really? of course, that's in that upper echelon, right, of, of defensive efficiency. Yeah. So 1.6 steals. And I think that the, re, the only reason why she's at a 75 right now is because she does tend to foul a lot. Uh, that's... And if she gets away from that, that 75 easily turns into an 88 or like a 90. And it's because of her height as well. Because when we talk about defensive statistical impact, we talk about block steals, right? It's a combination of block steals without fouling. And with with Alyssa Thomas, she sits at, she's 6'2", right? Compared to, let's say, Asia Wilson or Brianna Stewart, who I believe Brianna Stewart is defensive player of the year, who they both sit at 6'4, 6'5 ish. That's height advantage tells you a lot as well, but she's really aggressive. And that's what I like about Alyssa Thomas. And she has been clearly leading this team, especially when John Quill was out with the health and safety protocol. And she stepped up and took care of business while while John Quill was out and was able to continue to keep the ship going for Kurt Miller. And I definitely think that she's, she has to be, um, in consideration or have some type of talk of MVP because she has been indeed the MVP of the Connecticut Sun for sure. Yes. Uh, so I would definitely respect if someone said that Alyssa Thomas should deserve some talk for MVP. I would not argue that at all. And of course, she's definitely going to be a hands down and all NBA, all WNBA player. Excuse me for that. And I think that her game itself, you can see the intensity. You can see what she does even on the offensive end, making plays for her teammates is going to be very special. And she's had an incredible season. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely had an incredible season. And I'm just going off the top of the dome here now. And I don't have nothing in front of me right now, but uh, yo, just real quick, some love to Skylar Diggins, man. To Skylar Diggins Smith, some love real quick. And even Diana Tarazi too, as well. I'm not going to give flowers to the other one, Kate. All right. We're going to leave that out. <laughs> Because you're funny when it comes to that one. All right, we're not going to do it. And I'm, I mean, I'm not respect. Res- I'm, I'm, respect, I'm, I'm, right? Listen, man. No, we can't do that, Kato. But man. We can't I mean, do that. No, we got to take the... We got to be... We got to be... What is it? Subjective? That's what you say? We got to be? No, we have to be objective. Objective. You don't have we to have do... To, like, we have to be unbiased, but I'll plead the fifth on this one. You can... You don't, you know, you don't you have can. to say nothing. You don't have to say <laughs> nothing. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because, you know what I mean? I respect their all games and I on court, off court, whatever. Yo, you know what? Sophie Cunningham, man, got to be some type of consideration for him, for most improved player. She got to at least be on the list. She last will year, be. She lavished, she averaged like less than six points last year. She doubled it. She doubled everything across the board. I get it why a lot of people don't like her or whatever. They have their own personal reasons and stuff like that. Me, honestly, listen, I'm impartial to all this stuff. I'm just here to keep it 9450, which means we're keeping it on the court. You know what I'm saying? And Sophie Cunningham deserves her flowers, yo. You know what I'm saying? She's having a good season. 
That's it. Her, Diana Taurasi, who everybody else be like, whatever. I'm whatever on Diana Taurasi too. Don't get it twisted. And but Skylar been in her bag averaging about what well, I think she's averaging 26 over the last couple of games, few games. Diana Taurasi averaging 26 over the last few games as well. Like you just, you just wish that Phoenix is another team that needs better coaching. To be honest, they're another team to be better coaching and stuff. Like the inmates was running the asylum in there. Like I think Coach Nygaard couldn't really keep that together and stuff. And, and that's why they're in a the position that they're in. Cause I still thought, even with the situation with Brittany Griner, free her, you know what I'm saying? It's been four months and nobody's really, I don't know what's going to go on, what they're talking about with the exchange between whatever they're trying to exchange. Hope she come home soon and everything like that. But I still thought that even with Tini Charles, that team was still, they had a contending roster still. You know what I'm saying? But I just felt like with the coach, and you brought a, a, a rookie coach to coach them egos. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. That's what unfortunately happened, you know what I mean, to Phoenix, you know, as well as the situation with BG, unfortunately being wrongfully detained in Russia and everything. It took the wind out of their sails and, and, and everything of that sort. But uh, it's a lot of great players, man, that's having really good seasons, KDOT, man. And yeah, you don't have to talk about Sophie Cunningham. Don't worry about it, bro. I got no, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, much respect to Sophie Cunningham for sure. And she definitely does need to be considered for most improved player with the way that she's been playing, especially how she stepped up with the whole Phoenix Mercury situation earlier in the season, right? Yeah. They are on a hot streak and they're only on a hot streak because of one player and that's Skylar Diggins-Smith. Yeah. Now, I know that there's a situation that I'm going to take care of <laughs> on Twitter. Hopefully, <laughs> get that mended. But, <laughs> Scott, but Skylar Diggins-Smith, she has been just incredible for the Phoenix Mercury, and she's not stopping. Yeah. You can see it. You can see it in her play. More importantly, you can see it in her eyes when she's playing. She's telling everybody that I'm not playing around. We are going to do everything that we can. Yep. I'm going to fulfill the answer that I gave to Daniel Artest last year when I got my first taste of the WNBA finals. <laughs> and I'm going to continue <laughs> to do what I have to do to put this team in a great position to be in the playoffs and not only be in the playoffs, disrupt the playoffs. Yeah. And she has been just doing a, a, an incredible job throughout the entire season, 20 points um on 20 points on 44% shooting but 32% from 3 5.5 assists 4.2 rebounds 1.8 steals mm -hmm. just been, she's just been incredible and she's definitely kept to me she's kept everything together in Phoenix and with the help of course Diana Tarazi in the past couple games where she's left earthing went back to 2009, 2014. Yep. She's definitely helped out a lot for those a couple games. So I really think that Skylar Diggins-Smith is definitely someone who deserves all of the flowers in what has happened with Phoenix this season, but they're still in that picture. And again, them along with, to me, Minnesota, are the scariest teams to even go up against right now because of how hungry they look to get into the playoffs and again not only get into the playoffs but make some disruption yeah that's true hey you want to call some people up since we're on twitter spaces right now as well you want to see if anybody from the community that's listening down there right now want to come up and talk hey i'm, I'm down have I mean, a quick q a for five minutes 
Yeah. Even less. Yeah. All right, I'm going to invite people out. If they want to come and invite, they're invited to speak. Come on up and let's talk some WB real quick or whatever y'all, whatever y'all got to say. You know what I mean? Let's have a nice, fun conversation for about five minutes before we get up out of here. Keep it nice. <laughs> Keep it respectful and everything like that. So let's see who we got. We got Eli. Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, you doing good, man. Thank you for tapping in with us on Keep It at 9450. All right, so what's up? What's your question? So, actually, I, I cover the Mercury uh, for Sports 60 AZ, okay. and I just wanted to chime in because you guys were just talking about them, and, and I, I love that you guys brought them up with Skylar Diggins-Smith and how great she's been. I actually think the only thing that I do disagree with is that Nygaard, has actually done, I think, a little bit better than the general public, I think, has thought of her. I just feel like when you actually go through the season and everything like you guys have mentioned already and given that credit for everything they've been through, her system hasn't really had a chance to be in place. And then when they switch to that small ball, all of a sudden, like you also mentioned, they've been hungry and moving the ball. So I guess I'll ask this. Have you noticed that also with kind of the off-ball movement and the defense uptick and things like that? Go ahead, Kate. I answer that. You know what? That is a really good, that's a really good question and a really good observation because to be quite honest with you, it's almost equivalent, if you will, and I and sometimes I just hate comparing it to the other league, but it's from a regular season standpoint, it's equivalent to what Houston did when they got rid of all of their bigs, when they traded Clint Capella and they just decided to go all five, small ball, more ball movement, more gang rebounding, more focus on the defensive end so that they can trickle into a more of a transition offense. And I think that's something that's worked with the departure of Tina Charles, because when you look at what Nygaard was doing in the beginning, I think it was a case where trying to implement a new offense. You're trying to implement Tina Charles in to the offense, but unfortunately it just, it the, the, the gel wasn't gelling, if you will. <laughs> and I think now that you look at it, Skylar Diggins Smith has done an incredible job dictating the scoring in for the most part and allowing some more open opportunities for Sophie Cunningham, for Diana Taurasi, and then with with Bree, with Breezy, just rim running, rebounding and rim running like she's done in the past and, you know, what she's done for this team overall, I think that's helped a lot. And of course, winning by committee. I know that Diamond DeShields is out right now, but Diamond DeShields has been an incredible help as well from the perimeter especially defensively. So I have to give her credit as well. But since that departure, I think that it was almost like something has clicked. And that's what I will give Nygaard credit for. I think because of that, she didn't have to worry about the touches, if you will, for for Tina Charles. Now there's more of a focus from a defensive standpoint so that it can transition into more of an offensive running gun. You pick up the pace if you will. And I think that's done a great job for Phoenix so far. Yeah. Shout out to Teddy as well. Absolutely. 
Yeah, definitely. Shout out, yeah, shout out to Shay Petty. I remember yeah, last shout year. Shout out to Shay Petty. Yeah. Hey, remember when yeah. I tweeted out yeah. last year and I was like, yeah. yeah, Shay Petty definitely belongs in the WO. I think she's going to have a career. She solidified here. And people was like, yo, you crazy. No, I'm not. Look what she's doing. Look what mm-hmm. she's doing. Exactly. Absolutely. Look what Shay Petty's doing. Salute to Shay Petty. I love her game, man, for real. Hey, uh, thanks for tapping with us. Is it, can I call you Eli? Well, what's your name? How you say your name? It's Elion. Oh my it's God, Elion. It's cool, it's cool, yeah. Okay. <laughs> my bad, man. That's the second time I fumbled a name today. I ain't fumbled a name since we started. Damn, I'm all right. That's crazy. Elioff, right, I got you. Cool, cool. All right, K-Dot, so let's, let's thank, thank you for tapping in with us, Elioff. I appreciate that. We really do. Let's get on out of here, K-Dot. Thank you for listening to Keeping the 9450 Codename WBB, brought to you by the 9450 Women's Basketball Network. Follow us at the 9450 WBB on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. No dancing. Also follow K-Dot at K.Lu3H on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me at the DRTS pod on Instagram and Twitter as well. Listen, everybody. We are closing in on our 100th episode, okay? We are also closing in on our 10,000th download in 10 weeks. You know what I mean? 20,000 overall. We have been growing and we have been like so appreciative of y'all listening to us every time we drop a show. I know we drop shows on random days, random hours and everything, but we really just, we get an idea in our head. We want to talk about it. We just go and talk about it and give it to y'all, man. I feel the way our show is growing. We had some great guests this past week. We had Erica McCall chime in with us. We had Brittany Sykes tapped in with us. We've been having some amazing shows. Now we bring in the spaces, the Twitter spaces involved, where we're going to have a lot of Q&A and everything. But our 100th episode, we want a guest, like a big-time guest. And we still got the big-timer right there at the bottom. I see you. Yes. Listen, <laughs> I, I get I get butterflies. I get I get happy smiles. I be cheesing. And Myers Drysdale. Yes. Oh my God, we love you. Yes, we and really especially do. Especially when you're broadcasting with our favorite Cindy Brunson, who was also on the show. The she's friend a of friend program. of the network. Yeah, she's a friend yes. of the program. Friend of yes. the network. We love her dearly. So listen, I. Sometimes I can be speechless and sometimes I could talk too much, but I'm not going to ever stop bigging up and giving flowers to, yeah, to, to legends. legends. Yes, please. Yes, please come get your flowers whenever you want. You always have an open invite to the show. This is our most unusual show we ever done. We don't normally do this. This is really our first time doing this, but, and you really have your legend to me, your legend to KDOT. You know what I'm saying? You're a legend in basketball. And we would love for you to come on the show to give you your flowers, whether it's episode 100 or 100 million, because we're going to be here now. You know what I'm saying? We, I left covering NBA to cover women's basketball full-time. KDOT covers basketball, women's basketball full-time. So we here. So we waiting. You know, take your time. <laughs> and we're going to be here. We really will definitely love to have you on the show. Cindy came on the show, and she really enjoyed the content that we had and, and everything, man. We really... You know, what we do, KDOT, we basically talk about a lot of players. The most unbiased women's basketball show in the land. And what's funny, Cindy came on as a co-host. And she did. She came on twice. Yep. She came home. She came on as a guest. And then I had COVID. And then she came on as a co-host. Yes. 
She did, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, Pokey Chapman, Monica McNutt came on. Shavante Zealous came on as well. Like we shout out to Erica Ayala. You Erica know, Ayala, I'm sorry about that. Yes, as well. Yeah. So we really grown. We are really having a lot of fun. We growing our network. This is we. This is a podcast, but it is a network. You know what I'm saying? We got Nathan Nathan Snell down there, who's giving us the Washington Mystics content. We have Corey Harrison, who's giving us the Aces content and. We still growing the show and everything. We we are about to start reaching out to everybody that filled out applications and stuff. This is a very unusual show. Yeah. And shout out <laughs> and shout out to shout out to the newcomer. Shout out to the newcomers. Yeah. Carolyn Smalls and mm-hmm. Basketball Chess, who provides our breakdowns, and as well as 808s. Yes, 808s, yes. Recently came on. He'll be doing a variety of things more uh just for detail purposes, Sky and Dallas beats as well. Yeah. But he'll be doing a variety of women's basketball coverage for us as well. So listen, yeah. we're listen, we're appreciative. We're humble. We love talking women's basketball. But more importantly, I always say it, mm-hmm. we love amplifying women. Yes, yes. That's the most important thing. Yes, that's the most important thing. It really is. It really is. It means a lot. It means a lot that we try to fill in the gap where a lot of mainstream media don't anymore you know what i'm saying when the w first started it was different when it first started to where it is now and it's kind of feel, it feels like starting over and then we get the peanut gallery i won't say any other name bad names this is a kid's show we got the peanut gallery with, oh, with their comments and stuff and i'm just like listen we always gonna say we said it before we'll say it again women's basketball is the most is the purest form of basketball you're going to get high iq fundamentals and credible skill and also this they're giving you what a lot of people complain about what the NBA give it doesn't, which is physicality. You know what I'm saying? You're getting everything and stuff like that. So let's get out of here. Just tapping with us, man. Thank you for tapping in with us. And we really appreciate it. And like I said, I'm going to sign off with love is love. Peace out. Peace out.